Hey guys, and welcome back to the Naked Eye Podcast. This is your host, Shanelle Marie, and I am recording today because we have a lot of updates to do. Um, <clears throat> I decided that I'd like to start recording a journey that I'm going through currently right now, which is very intense, very stressful, very all over the place. Um, I'm hoping that we get nothing but positive outcomes. Um, But yeah, so let's get into it. So um, as most of you know, uh, recently I was just married last year in August. Um, I was got married August 11th on my birthday, which was an exciting time, a very exciting period in my life, and I'm so still happy. Um, and I want to say now um, we're in the new year, 2022. Happy New Year. And... I have been served a roundabout handful of stuff. It's just a lot of information that I was not ready for. A lot of information I was not expecting. Um, I found out, when was this? October. I found out in October that I was, that I am pregnant. Um, at the time when I found out I was pregnant, I was at that time eight or nine weeks pregnant. And that was exciting for me. I was excited to be pregnant, um, excited to embark on the journey with my husband. Um, he's excited. Everything's everything, right? So... After that, you know, you have to set up your OB appointments and everything. So I set up my appointments. I went to go have my physician confirm pregnancy. Um, So we confirmed pregnancy and I got ultrasounds of baby. Baby looks happy and healthy. And I have to, as most women do, get a routine pap smear. When I got my routine pap smear, it was no secret that um, I had found out, I want to say like a year ago or so, that um, I they found uh, HPV, a derivative of HPV. So I was like, okay, they said they would watch it. So when I get this pap smear done, it was more alarming for my physician because the HPV had turned into precancerous cells. So after finding that out, um, I was then having to make another appointment for me to have a biopsy done. For those of you who don't know what a biopsy is, a biopsy is when they go in and they take a chunk of your cervix 
or whatever tissue it is that they need from you and they examine it to see if they can find any abnormalities and in my case they wanted to look at the cancer cells the precancer cells that they had discovered in the pap smear so during this time they were able to take imaging and there was a visible tumor um, on the outside of my cervix so this alarmed my doctor so i she made sure that I was a referral was put through right away for me to speak with a cancer specialist over in the um in the courage center at Freighter Hospital in Wisconsin. So I went to the Courage Center. They did another pelvic exam. Jesus Christ. Um, and they confirmed that the diagnosis was no longer precancerous, but is now cervical cancer for sure. So with this news, my physicians are, you know, trying to, you know, make sure that I'm in the best mental state, that everything's okay, um, that I have enough time to make decisions on what I want to do. Um, but then I'm presented with the information that with this type of cancer that is very uncommon amongst pregnant women to have cervical cancer and also be pregnant. In Wisconsin, there is only 3% of women who actually have to go through this. So that is a very small amount of women. And my case at Freighter Hospital is very sensitive due to all the other stuff that I have going on. It's been a snowball effect of things going on right now. And I just like when I say I've had bad news after bad news after bad news after bad news, it's been seriously bad news. Like I have had so many life changing things happen to me since I became pregnant. The first thing was being diagnosed with pre-diabetes. So now I have a complete diet change. Imagine having to change your entire diet when you're pregnant and you want to eat everything in sight. It is not fair. It is not fun. It is, no, it is not ideal. So then after that, um, obviously, I already, I've had high blood pressure since I was, what, like 19, 20 years old um, and was started medication at the age of 21 or 22. And that was no surprise to me, but I had like a severe reaction to a new medication that they were trying that had my heart beating 200 beats per minute. It was terrible. The worst feeling on earth. Um, after that, I was sick for, I want to say, about a week and a half. Recovering from that. And it was just a lot. So now to have this cervical cancer diagnosis is extremely, like, it's extremely daunting. Because I just feel like I'm being handed so much information and I have, like, little to no time to make a decision and it's just a lot so 
my options right now are to either continue with the pregnancy either I continue with the pregnancy or I make the decision to terminate the pregnancy so you can imagine already having that decision to make whether your child does gets to live or your child has to go that decision in itself is heart-wrenching because who wants to have an actual living being's life in the palm of their hands like when it comes to having to make those type of decisions no one in their right mind should want to have to play the role as God like I don't want to have to play this role um it is not fair at all like yeah, so the details to that is, though, if I decide to keep baby, then I will have to undergo chemotherapy treatment. Chemotherapy treatment would be intravenous, intravenous meaning that I would have to have chemo through an IV. Uh, me having chemo through IV does not harm my baby at all, but obviously chemotherapy does have side effects. So with chemotherapy, some of those side effects would be hair loss, which every woman's crown of hair is her glory, and I have a lot of hair. So for me to think that I... I'm going to keep baby, go through chemo, lose my hair, you know, go through nauseousness, go through body aches and pains. Like chemo is not like it's not a game. Chemotherapy is something very serious. Um, so the other risks with me having chemo are me going into preterm labor and my history with pregnancy already has been preterm. So the worries that my OB physician, Dr. Kepler, has right now is that if I do decide to keep baby and I go through chemotherapy, then there will be a chance that I have an even earlier pregnancy like I have an even earlier delivery which she is afraid of because then that would mean that I will be delivering my baby at at least like 20 20 weeks to to like 28 weeks and that is scary that's when I say that's scary like your baby at that point is just now developing lungs and developing um their brain cells and all of that stuff so I would literally be prepping for a c-section as early as I'll say like 25 to 26 weeks the earliest I've had my babies have been at least 30 to 33 weeks and even then Jace he was two pounds 14 ounces and Jay he was three pounds I think like six ounces and that itself is like they're so small 
when you see a NICU baby, you're scared to touch them. You're scared to breathe by them because they're so small. So imagine having a baby at 20 to 28 weeks. That is scary because at the end of the day, we have to think about it. Like, what if baby doesn't make it outside of the womb at such an early stage of delivery? And then... I also have to think about it, too, that would require me to be at the hospital, at the NICU all the time, and that I'm not guaranteed on if my baby will make it outside of the womb. So those are the things that I have to also think about because I had to think about those things when I had my two boys. I had to be at the NICU all the time. I had to call the nurses all the time, make sure that my baby has the things that they need in the NICU. It's very scary. It's not a cakewalk. It's not something that I would wish on any mother to have to go through because going to the NICU and having to come home without a baby, but you know that you yourself physically had a baby, is a lot. It's a lot. It's mentally draining because you want to be able to take care of your child. So even after... If I choose to have the baby, even after having my cesarean, I will have to have a cesarean, but the doctor is also concerned about how risky the cesarean would be due to me having fibroid tumors. For those of you who do not know, fibroid tumors are just exactly as I said, they're tumors inside of the uterus that do sometimes take up a lot of space and makes pregnancy more painful. Uh, Sometimes fibroid tumors, you don't feel them at all. But for me, my tumors are three centimeters, three centimeters by three centimeters, which in my case, in my uterus is big. Um, so I have to figure out if there are any remedies that can shrink these tumors, uh, that I can do during pregnancy. I'm trying to figure that out. And, um, yeah, I'm just trying to make the best decision possible right now because I want to, I want to keep my baby. Let me just make that clear. I want to, I want to so bad, um, It's just really upsetting to me that I have to really sit here and make this decision. And then the crazy thing is if I opt to not keep baby and we opt to terminate the pregnancy, I still have to go through chemo. I still have to go through radiation. And then with radiation, I have to go through external radiation and internal radiation. External radiation, meaning that there will be radiation that is directed directly to the tumor that is located on the cervix and the cancerous spots in the cervix. And then internal radiation, meaning they will have to go vaginally up me and put the radiation directly on the tumor for the tumor to die. And that's a lot like the side effects of radiation are having issues with your bladder and your bowel um, due to the area that they would be doing radiation on again with chemotherapy 
obviously I would be losing my hair. So, and I would be having the nauseousness and all of that still. And when I say this, understand that the schedule of my radiation and chemotherapy would be five days a week. I would not have a break. I would have to go to the hospital every single day during the morning when chemo and radiation hours are for cancer patients at Freighter Hospital. And I will have to sit and have chemotherapy and radiation every day. They said that I will have to do chemotherapy during the pregnancy. Um, if I decide to keep the baby, I think, I, if I recall correctly, she said that I will have to undergo chemotherapy for five weeks. That's a big deal. Five weeks of chemotherapy? That's a lot. And then even after having the baby and everything, we have to think about, I still have to go through chemotherapy and radiation. So my thing is, it's kind of like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. And the only outcome difference in outcome is at the end of each of the outcomes, you either have a baby or you don't have a baby. And even with the one that you have a baby, there's a chance that your baby won't make it. Can you imagine? Can you imagine having such a decision to make? It's like absolutely mind-boggling, heart-wrenching. And I am, I'm just in a limbo of emotions that I don't even know how to express. I'm in a limbo of emotions that I don't even know, you know, like, where do I start? Because I feel like if I keep baby, I'm playing Russian roulette. If I don't keep baby, I, I just live my life wondering what if I would have kept my baby, you know, like, what if I would have had a chance to meet my baby? So yeah, I'm forced to have to make this decision and to have to wonder what if, what if, what if this, what if that, um, a part of both me and my husband's concerns about keeping baby is going through the cesarean because the last cesarean that I did have, they had to take the, um, take the fibroid tumors out because the fibroids um one of them was so big that um they couldn't stitch my body back together it was like they had to remove them in order to put my organs back <laughs> um and to be able to stitch me up so with that I had a lot of blood loss because it was an unexpected extra surgery that had to be done. Um, and with that, I ended up having to have a blood transfusion. And the feeling of not having enough blood in your body, trust me, you do not want to, you do not want to feel how that feels. Um, the amount of dizziness is like ridiculous. I almost passed out twice holding my baby in the NICU. I wasn't able to see Jay in the NICU 
for two or three days because that's how much pain I was in and I just couldn't walk but I was it was just heart-wrenching for me even then because everyone knows that the first 24 hours to 48 hours of that skin-to-skin contact and that's just a contact period with your child is so vital and important um I started to kind of feel separated from my baby like I was the connection wasn't there the way I wanted it to be there when I did finally get the strength to get up and go to take care of my baby um it was tough it was tough and I mean as far as that goes like I would be worried that's why I have the questions for my physicians is how confident are you in doing this cesarean like how confident are you in feeling like you can complete the cesarean and me be okay like I want to know my doctor's opinions as far as how confident they feel about being prepared seeing that we've had we've done this before and being prepared for that like being prepared when I say being prepared I mean like you know that we're having the cesarean you're going to go in and conduct the cesarean as you know regular program schedule but you're prepared just in case that you would have to that you would have to you know get rid of fibroids which I only have four right now they only counted for and measured them at three centimeters by three centimeters and one of them was like three centimeters by two um but just the fact that you know that this could potentially be something that happens and you're prepared for that you're also prepared for the fact that I am a bleeder. I do not, my blood does not clot at the same rate as someone who does not have a blood deficiency, which I do have a blood deficiency. My blood cells are smaller than other people's blood cells. Um, so I just need to know that they're confident in their skill set. Because if they're not confident in what they're going to be have to do or be faced with to do as far as a cesarean, I don't then want to put myself on a table for you not to know what the hell you're doing. Like, that's not an option. Because then we're playing Russian roulette because you're putting my life at risk. And then my child's life is already at risk. So then you, I have to think about like, My husband does not want to put his wife's life at risk at all because that is not like it's just not an option because how would it feel to have to then go through life without me and without a child because we were too busy trying to save a child. It is so much that you have to think about like, oh, it's so much. And I hate having to sit here and think about this. It is really scary. It is very daunting. And a part of what I'm going through is, like, the separation. Like, 
I would literally have to detach myself from the idea of having a baby, another child in this world, if I decide not to keep the baby. Like, I would literally have to detach myself, but I'm already connected. I'm already attached. I'm already excited about my baby. And I've even already bought, like, little booties and receiving blankets. I've bought stuff for my baby. I don't even know if I'm having a girl or a boy, but that's one of the things that I'm going to ask the physician is, can we please, just as a courtesy of me and what I'm going through, just let me know if I'm having a girl or a boy through a blood test or something because I at least deserve to know that. I at least deserve to know what decision I'm making for my daughter or my son. Like, I want to know um, because it... I just want to know because then that'll let me know that if my child doesn't make it... <clears throat> then I don't know if this was my little serenity or I don't know if this was my baby boy Jackson. Like, I don't know. And I'll be able to say, like, okay, this is what happened. This is how this happened. But if we do have positive outcomes, then then I'll be even happier because this will be my miracle baby. But the thing is also that if I choose not to have baby with radiation, I won't be able to have kids anymore. Like, I won't be able to say, you know what, we could just try again. No, we cannot try again. No, we will not have a baby. Like, we will not have a baby. And on top of that, we won't be able to try to have babies. And I know that... It would, like, it would just break my heart. And I would, I know it would break my husband's heart. But for the person who's actually physically having to go through all of this, like, my world is literally crashing down around me. And I'm trying to salvage enough pieces to start building a new world around me. And I feel like I'm not catching enough pieces. But yeah, I just wanted to come on here and let you guys know what's going on, give you a little bit of update on my life and the journey that I'm going on. I will be updating as I go to appointments and as we get closer to the time of us making a decision. We are expected to make a decision on Tuesday this upcoming week. And I have an appointment Monday with a high-risk professional. He is expected to be able to give me more detailed ideas of the outcomes of what could happen with me making the decisions that I'm going to be making. Um, I've also signed myself up for counseling because uh, I need all the counsel I can get at this point in time. I start counseling on the 25th. Um, talking to a OB nurse therapist I guess 
So uh, that's one thing I am looking forward to. I have to make a decision on Tuesday. And in the midst of that, let's say I choose to keep the baby. I have until I believe in Wisconsin until 20 weeks to have an exact actual decision to make because they will no longer terminate pregnancy after the gestational age of 20 weeks. So, yeah. This is a lot. But I just thought that this would be a good episode to get you guys informed and updated on what's going on in my life, why I haven't been on the scene, why I have not been recording, because I'm literally going through life at a thousand miles per hour. And I haven't had the courage, I haven't had the strength, I haven't had the interest to even record. But I feel like it would be a disservice to me to not let you guys know what's going on and how it's happening and you know how I'm feeling with everything seeing that my podcast is about self-awareness I'm being very self-aware of how I feel in this type of environment of what I'm going through and it's very raw, very raw, very hard to even think about making this type of decision. Um, so yeah, I'll be recording and giving updates on things that I think are worthwhile for recording. Um, I'll probably update about Monday's appointment and Tuesday's appointment um so I'll do Monday and then I'll record for Tuesday um so Tuesday will be our final decision and what's going to happen in our game plan and then I'll probably do some visuals visual recordings um as I begin treatment and going through chemotherapy and radiation Um, I hope you guys have been having a happy new year. I hope your year is going way better than mine. Um, And if not, I pray that your year gets better. I hope everyone has been being safe, seeing that COVID is massizing and turning into all these different variants and everything. Um, I hope you guys have been out here being safe and keeping your families safe. Um, I hope that you guys have been doing well and that you continue to do well and be prosperous until next time. Thank you for listening. I'll holler at you guys on Monday.